ngiphekileyo umphathiswa umama udilila ohloniphekileyo usekela mphathiswa umama ukivit udiji umphathi wabo bonke abasebenzi bethu nesigabasake netim yakhe eh itim esisapotayo esuka eparlamente ndiyanibulisa nonke ngulusuku sisizwe sase Africa si celebrate si vuyela olusuku lwase Africa suku olo olu recognizeayo by many countries in Africa as a public holiday because it is the day in May 25 1963 in which the organization of african union was founded and as such as africans because we are africans we also celebrate that day it may not be a public holiday in our country south africa but we celebrate that day we know that we are africans um recording in progress I welcome you all in this meeting uh, that we're going to deal with the legisla legislative processes. In fact, what we're looking at particularly as this committee, because it's something that we found in the legacy report, the issue of the public works bill. So then we also check whether are there any legislations that have to be processed coming from the entities, but our main focus is to ensure that at the end of this term, that the public works bill uh, sees the light of its day. It can be white papers, another white paper. I think those that are here, uh, I'm not sure whether it's 2020 or 2021, when we rejected, uh, when a team was bringing to us, a third white paper. We said, no, we can't have a third white paper. Already there are two white papers on the uh, public works bill. It can be, there must be a progress on this because we know that it will assist this department, especially in all the issues that it, it, it has on challenges of uh, it being paid by client departments. If you have a public works bill, that would assist you how to deal with those. So with those few words, um, honorable members, I welcome you in this meeting. Uh, do we have any apologies, Ms. Martinez? Yes, thank you, Chairperson. We've got an apology of the Minister of Public Works, who's unable to join this meeting because of cabinet meeting um, that's running at the same time. I don't have any apologies from the honorable members, but from the support staff, Inez is still unwell. Um, Mr. Tabi has also been booked off. Um, I will also um, like to tell an apology chair. I'll be in and out of the meeting as I'm tasked with the work of the Arab Joint Committee on Flood Disaster Relief and Recovery. So the committee is going on an oversight uh, to KZN and delegations leaving tomorrow. So we're busy with those preparations. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Ms. Martinez. We wish Ms. Inez speedy recovery and Tabi also speedy recovery. Um, I have received, I thought you also have received the the email from Honorable Van Steden. I thought you, you also have received it, who is uh, apologizing for this meeting. 
Um, can you then flight the agenda? Or uh, Chair? Send... Yes. Chair, my apologies. Chair, I've raised my hand. Yes, yes. Honorable Tring. Uh, Chair, just a note. I unfortunately also have a, another portfolio committee meeting, so um, I may not be on for the full duration of this meeting. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Tring. Your apology is noted. Um, uh, honorable members, we will deal with this, and then after we will deal with the um, with the with 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 the minutes that we have. Uh, over to you, uh, DM. Is DM in the meeting? In the absence of the minister. Uh, yes, Chairperson, a, a good morning to you and a happy Africa Day to yourself, uh, the honorable members on the platform, um, our DG and his support, as well as the support of Parliament. Uh, yes, Chair, I am on the platform uh, with quite a number of officials. Uh, as as um, requested and as uh, ordered by Parliament to come and brief you on um, the, the processes of our um, uh, legislation uh, with respect to the Public Works Bill and all other laws that uh, the, the Department is uh, considering. Um, Chair, you, you, are, you are correct on, on, on this very important day, Africa Day, a day we should all um, be embracing and celebrating because it's a day that we remind ourselves of who we are, where we come from, and we are, where we are going to. Um, the work that you do as parliament may be overlooked uh, by others, but I think it's, a, it's the kind of work that helps us as a nation uh, to, to soldier on um, in, into the future, um, especially as this Department of Public Works uh, and Infrastructure, understanding uh, exactly the premise you move from Honorable Chair when you say um, there was to be a third um, a third white paper, which um, I remember ministers screaming to say we can't have uh, another white paper. We agree holistically with uh, the sentiments of the portfolio committee uh, in that respect. And I must say, Chair, we immediately, uh, because yes, truly, this is a matter that came uh, in the very first few meetings that we had with the portfolio committee. And it was an observation that we as the ministry also had uh, made that uh, one cannot say this is the department. Uh, you get this piece of uh, uh, function there, that piece of function there, you get all these pieces uh, fractured. And we realized we needed to bring the fractures together so that the whole body of the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, one can go to one piece of legislation and be clear in terms of 
uh, what is happening uh, within the department. And therefore, in appreciating the opportunity given to us, uh, I understand that also the, the, the presentation was sent a bit late. Um, probably I should first apologize for that uh, because it's that kind of work that is done internally and externally in the department. And we had some challenges uh, with respect to the, the, the time for producing uh, the presentation. Um, we, we know and understand that uh, that limits the ability of the committee to be um, thorough in, in, in looking into what we are doing. Um, and hence our apologies for that uh, inconvenience, uh, Honorable Chairperson. But we are here now with uh, the presentation have been, having been circulated yesterday, albeit late. And uh, we understand that the legislation by its very nature, whether it, it derives in our case its, its uh, existence from our constitution, because the laws that we're talking about here are more of uh, administrative laws. And um, this country being a constitutional country, um, we need to be certain that we do not uh, produce something that is going to be um, at the end, not meet our constitutional objectives. Uh, that being said, uh, Chair, um, I have Dr. Uh, Alec Muemi on the platform, supported uh, by the responsible acting DDG, Mulatelo uh, Muwasa from the branch. Um, I think they are ready to take us through the report. Happy Africa Day to you all. Thank you. Over to you, or back to you, Chair. Thank you, thank you, GM. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, over to you, DG, and your team. Uh, a hearty good morning, Honorable Chairperson. And uh, a good morning as well to the Honorable Members of the Committee, to our Deputy Minister, and to the colleagues in Parliament, as well as uh, my colleagues in the Department. Uh, Chairperson, the DM has given the proper overview of where we come from in terms of this. And uh, just to emphasize that we, as a department, also concur with uh, the view of the committee and the ministry. And that uh, equally, uh, we have uh, in our prioritization with uh, the leader of government business of the bills that must come through. Uh, indeed, uh, Two bills, uh, being the Public Works Bill as well as the Expropriation Bill, have been uh, highlighted uh, to be fast-tracked as they have uh, a huge uh, economic impact in terms of what the state is trying to do in the economic recovery uh, in this regard. So for for that, we, we are keen on uh, actually sharing what uh, the emergence of uh, the Public Works Bill is coming like. We have these other bills uh, as well in tow uh, in terms of our program. And uh, those two, uh, we would uh, 
time permitting and the committee's uh, program allowing uh, wish to also bring them forth. And this will speak to the CIDB uh, amendment uh, bill. And uh, there, as the chair is aware, uh, our keen interest is really in polishing uh, the system that we have tested and that we believe currently works. But we have seen uh, significant gaps in terms of the mandate by which we require uh, the construction industry to develop and to grow from there and to broaden the scope of application of uh, the registry and uh, to also ensure that we can accommodate more and grow the number of uh, players within this industry. Uh, we also are looking at the IDT uh, Act, uh, which uh, the, we're looking at the change really in the deed of trust and we're looking at the reconfiguration process and the details of which we'll share with you what the thinking is you would recall that in this regard, there was a, an attempt really at saying that we should uh, uh, do away with the IDT, but cabinet was of a different view that uh, the IDT has got to be repurposed and uh, be repositioned uh, to be a niche uh, player within the market for uh, smaller programs and medium-sized programs, including the building of clinic schools and related uh, a type of uh, property, and that they they play in that space which the big uh, players within government do not necessarily play in. Uh, again, uh, you would also be aware that uh, in terms of the agreement essay uh, uh, act, uh, we are looking at uh, amendments as well uh, to that and to ensure that we bring a better structure and better functionality of this. I will with your permission, Chair, uh, and your indulgence request that my colleague, uh, the acting DDG for Policy Research and Regulation Branch, uh, Mr. Mulatelo Mohaswa, uh, to then take us through the rest of the presentation in terms of the specific amendments uh, we are proposing and more importantly, also the uh, specific provisions we seek the DPWI Legislative Act to provide for. Uh, with your permission, Chair, thank you. Thank you, um, Acting DG. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm audible. <clears throat> okay, thank you very much. Uh, let me also greet the Honorable Chairperson, uh, the Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, our Deputy Minister, uh, our Minister in Absentia, and uh, our Acting DG, the Senior Management of the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, and all colleagues that are present here. Um, thank you very much for the opportunity once again. And I think uh, uh, as you're talking about the, the, the cultural uh, clothing, I was thinking of you know, quickly going and grabbing something <laughs> just before the meeting. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that with that speed. Uh, speed. But indeed, we recognize this important day and the milestone in our country. Chairperson, <clears throat> without any much further ado, the DG has given a, an overall summary in terms of our presentation. And I will go straight into the presentation, the purpose of which. Uh, and uh, can I, Chairperson, uh, if, if you allow, can I deactivate the video 
uh, just for the sake of the bandwidth. Okay, okay, okay. You can do Thank that. You. Thank you. Yes, um, as indicated, the purpose of our presentation today is to brief the portfolio committee on the department's legislative processes, including legislation relating to the entities. And here in particular, we'll be looking at the Public Works Bill, uh, the CIDB Act, Agrima South Africa, and IDT. This is in line with what the portfolio committee had requested from us. And we also have the Public Works General Law Amendment and Repeal Bill, uh, which will also start this year. Uh, perhaps I just need to indicate that in terms of the legislative program, the policies or the bills that are going to be um, looked into this year are the CIDB Act Amendment, the Public Works um, uh, and Infrastructure Bill, the Public Works General Law Amendment and Repeal Bill, and, uh, and obviously the Infrastructure Development Act, which is in the purview of Infrastructure South Africa, uh, whilst we are dealing with the issue of the regulations of the EDA or the Infrastructure Development um, <coughs> Act. So next slide. Now, in terms of the legislative framework guiding uh, government policy, um, it's important that we highlight that as uh, the department and obviously with all other departments um, nationally, uh, provincially and locally, cabinet has approved a national development, a policy development framework, which all the, the, the um, spheres of government must comply with. The policies are developed in congruence, or the, that framework has been developed in congruence and compliance with the following, the constitution, the intergovernmental relations and all that. I'm not going to mention them. Uh, I understand the members would have uh, gone through this. So I'll pass that slide. And the mandate of, uh, let's go back to the mandate. Thank you. The, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure derives its mandate from Schedule 4, Part A of the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa. The DPW mandate is reflected um, in the two existing white papers that Chairperson spoke about, which is the towards the 21st century of 1990, 1997, as well as um, another one, white paper, which is the creating an enabling environment for reconstruction, growth, and development in the construction industry of 1999. If you look at the two white papers, um, especially the first one was more focused on the property industry. The second one was uh, more focused on the construction industry. And from 1997, 1999, up until now, there's a lot that has been achieved in terms of those two white papers. We have got the CIDB, We've got the CBE um, that have been established in terms of those white papers. Um, they are, you know, reg regulatory bodies of the department. And, uh, you know, further than that, we also have your property uh, sector charter council and um, the construction uh, sector charter council, all flowing from the ideals of those two white papers. Secondly, we've got the GIAMA. Um, the Government Immovable Asset Management Act, 19 of 2007. 
as well as other various pieces of legislation. And here, we did not want to mention all of them here, uh, save to indicate that you've got the CBE Act, for instance, you've got AGRIMA Act, we have got the six professional uh, built-in uh, environment um, uh, professional councils, um, your EXAS, your uh, SACAP, and, and so forth and so forth. So all of those uh, professional councils are regulated in terms of the, um, the legislative framework. <clears throat> we also have the Infrastructure Development Act of 2014, which was uh, which has been uh, I mean as amended. Uh, the EDA, as we all know, is now with the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure since the sixth administration um, uh, in terms of the infrastructure uh, coordination uh, in the country. We have got the Land Affairs Board Act, which gives the minister that the powers and uh, responsibilities in terms of development of the board that looks into the valuation of land parcels in the country. So those are some of the um, the legislative frameworks that gives power, mandate, and function to the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. Next slide. Now, obviously, in each department, there's an expectation that there would be um, a, a concentration, if you like, or a, a, a branch, a unit that deals with the development or assisting the minister with the, uh, the legislative uh, responsibility of development of policy. In the department, we do have a branch, it's called uh, po uh, Policy Research and Regulation. And the, the, the role really uh, of this um, uh, PRR branch is to promote the growth and transformation of the construction and property industries. It promotes uh, a standardized approach and best practice in construction and property property management in the public sector. And all this is done through research and development of policies, legislation, and best practices. It's very important because even the National Policy Development Framework does espouse that, that you need to have a unit that assists in terms of the policy research, in terms of synthesizing information, analyzing information, putting everything together as administration and submitting to uh, the political head for authorizations and stuff. So we do have that policy branch. And uh, it has got the two sub-programs, uh, mainly the construction policy development program, as well as the property uh, development program. And as I indicated, they regulate the construction sector. We also monitor the impact of the policies and legislation. Although I need to hasten that this is one element in This is one element in the branch that we're trying to uh, bring about. It's not, uh, we do not have the capacity currently, we are building that capacity so that for all the policies that have been developed by the department, there is a monitoring of implementation of the policies. Um, the same with the property and, uh, policy development program. Let's go to the next slide. And in terms of the legislative process, as I've indicated, that uh, our uh, process is derived from the National Development uh, Policy Framework, uh, which was approved by Cabinet on the 2nd of December 2020. And the process follows the main site legal stages, namely policy development, 
policy adoption, policy implementation, and policy evaluation. Uh, I've already alluded to the fact that uh, when it comes to policy development, we know it is the purview of the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure. Obviously, he works together with the administration and the branch is there to assist in terms of collating information and doing all that. And then once it is adopted by the minister, cabinet, and as well as assented to by the, the president, uh, it is implemented. Uh, the part I was talking about, obviously, is the policy evaluation, monitoring and evaluation to ensure that the policy developed is actually uh, making an impact in the country. Amongst the others, the DPW undertakes the following key processes, which sometimes cause unintended delays. And I will unpack on that. The first one is the research to inform policy position. Um, the policy directives are preceded by research, primary and secondary, best practice, benchmarking, initial consultations with uh, key stakeholders, drafting of a discussion document, and consulting on the draft document prior to consulting with the larger stakeholders through gazetting for public comment. As you can see, that um, uh, element alone is quite involved because it begs the question, even at the start of developing the policy, you need to ask particular questions around problem statement. Why do you need a policy to deal with a particular problem? If it's a societal problem, does it really require legislation? Those questions need to be asked. Before you even proceed, before you engage uh, people, you need to have those questions asked. And that's why the policy the, um, uh, branch is there to assist in terms of unpicking those questions and ensure that working together with presidency, we also get the CS, the social, socioeconomic um, uh, impact assessment, the initial socioeconomic impact assessment, which also goes into detail, thorough detail of why you require the policy. Could any other um, uh, you know, framework not work or any other instrument save the legislation not work? And then we have to answer all those questions. And if they are satisfied, they will give us the go ahead as presidency, uh, monitoring and evaluation uh, for us to initiate the process. And that's where we then get um, the role, uh, role player stakeholders we consult and so forth. The second element is the approval of policy position. And then obviously there we'll have to agree on the policy position that is consistent with constitution, the PFMA, IGR framework, PSA, and informed by evidence-based research. Now, obviously here you have the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor who ensures that, who ensures that there's consistency. Uh, with uh, the Constitution of the Republic, as well as other legislation. There is no conflict at all. So those are some of the policy approvals that we require. The definitions, obviously, we look at definitions if they are consistent with universally defined, uh, defined words, uh, academic and developmental concepts, as well as legalistic definitions. These are onerous processes that sometimes de delay the development of the draft bill. And you will see, as I unpack a little bit on the CIDB bill, <clears throat> why this can sometimes really pose a delay. The last element is the consultation of policies and draft legislation. Uh, we're starting with the cluster processes, introduction in parliament, public hearings. These all can take longer than planned. 
even though the national um, development policy development framework does give you some sense of how long each process must take. Um, it does happen sometimes that we go over the times that are stipulated in, term, uh, in terms of the requirement of the, uh, the policy framework. Next slide. Now I'm coming to the bigger one. Uh, all eyes are on this one. I, I, I note that, Chairperson. And you will notice that we only have one slide and it's probably a worry for you um, as members of the portfolio committee. But I think you've already articulated that part that um, we have done these presentations uh, to the portfolio committee before. We have presented the basis of our um, wanting to develop the Public Works Act, um, Act uh, which was obviously predicated on the two white papers as indicated. So we did not want to again rehash that, that story again. We felt that you already know the story and you are more interested in terms of the progress. Where are we? Um, uh, are there any challenges in, in this regard? And, and therefore we felt that we can just put a one slide and then um, I can go into details or I can take, we will take questions uh, relating to this one slide. Uh, but in terms of bullet number one, just to give a little brief them, Yes, indeed. If you look at our APP for 2021-2022, there was an expectation that we will have the Public Works Bill, uh, which is um, approved um, and uh, gazetted. Uh, um, um, unfortunately, that did not um, was it, it was not realized. That target was not realized, primarily because of the second rate um, you know, product that we received from the legislative drafter. Uh, the process that we undertake in the department um, is that you know, working together with legal uh, services unit, we go to the offices of the um, uh, um, state attorney. They are the ones that will go and identify the council, appropriate council through their own procurement processes. I don't know whether, they, I think they've got a panel and obviously through their own processes, they will identify the relevant legislative drafter uh, in keeping with our scope of work in terms of reference. That information or that uh, uh, the person, the council will then be communicated to the policy branch through the legal services. And then we will then um, brief them and then the work, they will start with the work. And this is exactly what happened in the previous financial year that um, the legislative drafter was um, appointed. Uh, they were then given the task. Our first quarter target was for them to develop the memorandum of objects as well as the draft uh, bill. But uh, two months down the line, when the colleagues looked at what was uh, developed at the time, it was really um, very weak um, um, documentation. This was then obviously engaged. Um, the the the, um, the legislative drafter was engaged, and uh, we thought that the work will improve. But unfortunately, it was still second rate to a point where there was a, it was advised that the, the the legislative drafter be debriefed. Debriefed, we mean here, be removed and be replaced. The process uh, among bullet number three, the process to appoint the new drafter commenced obviously thereafter culminating into the appointment of advocate Uday Naidu uh, in October 2021. And I think you know um, advocate Naidu very much. He's also involved in the expropriation bill. 
uh, in the department. Um, Advocate Naidu was then briefed by the department as well as the minister's office on the purpose of the project towards developing of the public works, uh, uh, the bill. Now, uh, here, I think it's important to just uh, illustrate a few points here. Um, initially, and in terms of what we had on our APP, the basis or the premise was on the two white papers. Um, but as we engaged uh, with the legislative drafter, we realized that, as I indicated before, there's a lot that came out of what was envisioned uh, in terms of those uh, two white papers have been uh, attained by the department. Uh, I've, I've pointed out to the CIDB, the CBE, and so forth. Um, so, so therefore, then uh, we then engaged, and after engagement with the legislative drafter, um, uh, and ministry, there was obviously a need to look at the, the current mandate of the department, which is infrastructure coordination, and a whole host of other things that came from the ministry to ensure that this is in keeping with the current developments in the country. And those were the things that we had to, build, to brief uh, Advocate Naidu. Further engagements are still taking place um, and um, take, taking place with the, the, the advocate that um, will, uh, you know, that the draft bill takes into consideration the current socio-economic environment and challenges, as I've articulated, of the sixth administration. They need to review other DPW policies uh, to look at the EPWP and see which elements of the EPWP can be incorporated into the into the act and 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 a whole host of others as well so the bill is also on the legislative program and we are pushing um bending over backwards to ensure that uh, this time around in this financial year at least we have something that can be presented um, or tabled at cabinet uh, the annex chart with the latest development in terms of the draft public works and infrastructure has been provided to the uh, to the committee and here, I, I want to believe that uh, the members of the uh, portfolio committee um, would have gone through about 11 pages of the idea. It's actually the idea that we are putting to the committee to say, this is the trajectory of the department. Those are some of the elements that we are looking into covering into the bill. There will still be further engagements, but at least that's just an initiation initiation process. And uh, um, I believe that the document is with the committee. And if there are any questions, uh, perhaps we'll also uh, go into those in detail. Next slide. The CIDB Act and the amendment. The Act is the Act of 38 of 2000. This Act is being amended, um, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members, to improve the transformation, sustainable growth, and participation of the emerging sector, performance of the, uh, the, the performance improvement and work opportunities, uh, the contractor and professional service provider development, client performance uh, uh, improvement, and non-compliance. Uh, just maybe to unpack a little bit on, uh, on those aspects, uh, or perhaps let me just go to the next, the non-compliance as well. And we are looking at the proposed amendments will allow the CIDB to achieve its transformation objectives, as well as promote 
performance of public and uh, private sector clients um, in the development of the construction industry. So, so really the purpose of this, uh, the, the, this policy is really to look at those transformation things. But there's a number of things that I will articulate right now. To date, the CIDB uh, amendment bill has been developed and is awaiting certification by the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor prior to submitting to cabinet towards gazetting for public comment. I must indicate that uh, two weeks, I mean, two days back, we have received um, a response from the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor. Um, however, as I indicated, they are now punching holes, poking out a number of holes on the, 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 the bill, uh, the, the, the draft bill that we have submitted to them. I have indicated that the purpose of the uh, Office of the Chief State Law Advisor is to uh, you know, ensure that there's consistency with the constitution and other legislation. But further than that, they also look at the drafting, um, how the, the, the bill is drafted. Uh, they look at the technical aspects and they have done exactly that. In fact, I was worried because um, the, the target, our target in the APP for this financial year is to have this uh, gazetted for public comment. And um, I was a bit worried that this has been with the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor for quite some time, but they were indeed going through this uh, almost uh, weight by weight, clause by clause, and they've given us a lot to, uh, con uh, to ponder, to discuss. We are busy already having meetings in that regard. We have engaged the CIDB and we are engaging um, uh, um, internally as well. And we are going to have a meeting with the, there's a task team that has been developed so that we look at what the Office of the Chief State, State Law Advisor is, um, you know, what are their concerns? And then we will be dealing with those things. I've already requested uh, from my, my, my branch, my team, that they, we develop an implementation plan that shows that even if we have to um, deal with these concerns or comments from the Office of the Chief State Law Advisor, we will still be on time in terms of ensuring that we gazette this. And that implementation plan will be shared with the members if it is required. Um, um, if it is required by, by the members, we can share that so that we can give assurance that that will still happen. I must also indicate that um, this has gone through the social, I mean, socioeconomic impact assessment. We have received um, a go ahead a certification in that regard. Uh, in fact, the presidency has requested that we even give what they call a monitoring and evaluation plan, um, which is now a requirement when you do the SEAS uh, uh, process. Now, we've had to go into that and it also go into too much detail into really, really asking um, those very serious questions around the issues of risks, costs, and, 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 and so forth, uh, why we are undertaking this. And then we have responded to all that and it satisfied the, the MNE in, in presidency. And that's why they've then given a certification and authorization for us to go ahead. So all we were doing before we go on public comment was to get the opinion of the state law advisor. And unfortunately, they are asking a number of uh, issues that we're trying to deal with. The minister will then introduce the bill to cabinet. That is really our hope for this financial year. Um, as I indicated, it is also in the um, um, legislative program. Um, next slide. 
Next slide. They are now the, no, no, sorry, go back to Agreement South Africa. In terms of Agreement South Africa, members will um, perhaps know that Agreement South Africa is now a juristic person um, established in terms of the Agreement South Africa uh, Act number 11 of 2015. Um, South, um, Agreement South Africa was established by Ministerial Delegation of Authority in 1969. And uh, since its inception, it has been administered by and was housed at the CSIR. But um, in 2015, the president assented to the, um, the, 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 the promulgation of the act. And ever since then, uh, Agreement South Africa has been uh, operating as a legal person, and indeed, they have, um, um, you know, uh, uh, they are in full capacity. Uh, it's now a Schedule Three A public entity in terms of the PFMA. Uh, it receives the annual grant from the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, and this is one of the entities that are reporting on a quarterly basis to our Deputy Minister, uh, so that we are in compliance with the PFMA. Agrima South Africa, as we all know, is a technical assessment entity uh, whose primary, primary role is undertaking technical assessment and certification of non-standard construction projects, uh, products in South Africa for which no national standard exists. And um, you know, some of the very critical objects of the, the Agrima South Africa are providing assurance to specifiers and users of the fitness for purpose of non-standardized construction related projects or systems. They are um, they're also supporting and promoting the process of integrated socioeconomic development in the Republic as it relates to the construction industry, supporting and promoting the introduction and the use of certified non-standardized construction related pro products and systems in the local and international market. Now, the depart the, uh, at the department, we are monitoring the implementation of the Agreement South Africa 2015. And currently, there is, there is no need to amend the Act, or that need has not yet been indicated uh, to amend the Act, because this is a, a fairly new um, Act. Um, however, there are issues now around regulations. Uh, they, we have, they have not been brought um, formally to the department in terms of whether there are any difficulties in implementing the act itself and whether there is a need for regulations. And as I indicated, if that need comes to the department, it goes through a robust and rigorous process of checking if indeed we need those regulations or it's just a question of coming up with uh, different instruments without going through a, contra a, a protracted process of regulations. Ne next slide. <clears throat> Next slide. The IDT was established in 1990 as an independent temporary grant making agency. Uh, can you go back? Uh, can you go back? Leanne? Okay, yes. Um, it was endowed with the two billion government grant with the primary purpose to 
and hence the standard of living conditions of disadvantaged communities through investing in socioeconomic projects. It is regulated, and this is very important, the IDT currently in its form, in, in, in its current form, is regulated in terms of the deed of trust. Um, deed of trust are required in terms of the trust uh, trust property. Uh, it's actually Trust Property Control Act, uh, of uh, Act number 57 of 1988, which requires that every trust must have a trust um, instrument. And that instrument is instrument number 669 of 91. Now, a change in its mandate in 1997 saw the expansion in its service offering to the state at no cost. And that's all, also very important. Um, they were given an, an endowment fund, and obviously it was on its way to be uh, to, uh, for depletion. Um, uh, so, but they continued to assist government at no cost and no adjustment to its funding. After the promulgation of the PFMA in 1999, IDT was then listed as a Schedule II major public entity with the expectation that it would be financially self-sustainable through the recovery of management fees on the delivery of social infrastructure to the state. Now, I think it is now a, a, it is tried that um, uh, IDT ever since then has been going through a number of challenges historically. Uh, that were flowing from the issues of uh, funding, and they were no longer financially sustainable. There were governance issues, and all those things were discussed in the past and uh, in a number of meetings where we made presentations to the Portfolio Committee and other committees uh, to a point where there was even a decision that we um, that the IDT be dissolved. Um, so bullet number four indicates that um, it was placed in a precarious position in that it assumes the dual institutional form, both at a, as a public entity in terms of the PFMA, as well as a trust in terms of the Trust Property Control Act and the deed of trust. This poses a huge challenge for the executive authority in terms of oversight, as certain provisions of the trust deed are in conflict with the provisions of the PFMA and the powers of the executive authority to intervene in terms of legislative prescripts governing the public service are at times limited. And I, I would just cite an example uh, of, of this conflict between um, the deed of trust and the PFMA. If you look at, um, I think it's a clause 19 of the deed of trust of the IDT, it, it, ind uh, it indicates or it provides, prescribes how the, the trust should be dissolved if there is such a resolution by the board to dissolve it. So it articulates um, the steps, what must happen. And, and one of the critical things there is that it, it, it says that if that decision has been made, has been communicated to the executive authority, then the board must ensure that the assets of the trust are distributed to the educational institutions um, in, in South Africa. Now, come to think of it, uh, the assets of IDT would be the building that they are currently occupying and the vehicles that they have and a number of other assets, uh, movable assets and, and immovable assets. So imagine if you have to dissolve, then it means those things must be distributed. So those are some of the challenges. And beside that, you've got obligations, 
you've got um, you know assets, you've got uh, projects that they're running, and and those are the pro- problems that we have you know uh, picked up. If you look at the PFMA, it's very clear how you disestablish a, um, a an entity. It it prescribes a method of disestablishment of a a public entity. Or, so, so if you look at the two, um, they are they are in conflict, and that's the reason why we want to do away with the trust form of the IDT. So it is a, it is well known and properly recorded, as I've indicated, that the IDT experienced serious challenges um, historically until the executive authority in uh, November 2020 tabled two options to cabinet to either allow it to be dissolved or reconfigured into a government component. Next slide. And uh, cabinet indeed considered the the presentation and uh, resolved that uh, they note the challenges faced by the IDT and they approved that the proposed reconfiguration of the IDT be strengthened in line with the work done by the presidential state-owned council uh, on the rationalization of state-owned entities. And uh, again, they also approved that the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure submit a comprehensive proposal on the IDT's reconfiguration to the cabinet committee uh, for economic sectors, investment, employment, and infrastructure development in due course. And the minister obviously gave uh, effect to this resolution uh, by uh, ensuring that the department um, requires the technical assistance from the GTEC, which is the Government Technical Advisory Center, to assist with the technical capacity in the development of a comprehensive proposal in the form of a business case, which will objectively and demonstrably um, recommend the best institutional form of the IDT, given its critical role in the country, uh, that of social infrastructure facilitation and development. Uh, with the new board, the new board was then installed in um, July 2021 um, and allowed and the minister allowed the board, obviously, to be part of this reconfiguration journey. And uh, he allowed, uh, she allowed them to look at what, we, what has been proposed, obviously, and the resolution of cabinet. And if there's anything that they would like to input into, obviously, because of their fiduciary responsibility and duties, uh, they, they were allowed to then uh, indicate as such. And in these, indeed, in their own analysis, the board indicated its preference for the IDT to remain a Schedule II public entity and to dissolve the trust form. Now, this process will dovetail well with the GT, um, uh, GTEC process. Meanwhile, the board is focusing on driving the turnaround plan intended to address corporate governance challenges, as well as to institute measures to stabilize the organization and enhance performance to ensure financial sustainability and viability. So we are looking now at the board uh, indicating that they would really prefer that it remains a Schedule II public entity. But obviously it means that it needs to satisfy a number of things, one of which is being financially sustainable, being viable, having portfolios from the client departments, user departments, and being able to really deliver on those projects, building capacity, built environment capacity, and all other capacities so that they are able to, to, to do this. We do not want what happened in the past where you find that 
there are properties that are being constructed and there are challenges with those properties. So they, they have to demonstrate all those things. And that's exactly what they are doing by building that turnaround plan. It will only be known when the business case process is completed and with cabinet approval, whether an enabling legislation will be required for whichever institutional form recommended. Here we are indicating that there is no act for IDT. IDT is a trust, it operates uh, using the, uh, the trust, um, uh, trust deed. Um, however, if this process we are undertaking of a business case, looking at different options, looking at their viability, if we come to a decision that IDT will be indeed a Schedule II public entity, there would also probably be a, 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 a recommendation that it must have a founding document just like the CIDB, CBE, Agrima South Africa. So when that time comes after this recommendation and approval by cabinet, we will then uh, embark on that process. Um, next slide. Oh, I think I'm done, uh, Chairperson. Uh, this is the last slide. We therefore recommend that the portfolio committee note the report on the department's legislative processes, including uh, the legislation regulating the entities. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Mohasa. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, um, DG. Um, hey, I indicated that I'm using another device that I'm not used to. Uh, I now invite honorable members to comment on this presentation. Uh, I'm looking here, I don't see any hand yet. Are there any hands raised? Chair, sorry, are we not getting a presentation on the memo that was sent through from the um, law advisor? Do you have two memos, uh, Mr. Muwaza? Chairperson, uh, yes, there was a memo that was articulating, as I indicated, the initiation process that we are undertaking with uh, Advocate Naidu. Um, so we had we had requested him to give us something before we even get into the, the public works, the draft public works bill. We wanted to just see if he understand the brief and it is uh, well articulated in that memo. So he has provided us with that memo and uh, the minister has requested that that be shared with yourself so that if there are any questions or any additions, any enhancements from the portfolio committee, that will actually help us as we re-engage or we continue engagements with him to actually um, ensure that we have a bill that is also supported by your own inputs. So I, 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 I'll be guided by you, um, um, Honorable Chairperson. It's a memo of about 11 pages. Uh, we did not um, reduce that to a presentation. Um, if 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 I have to go through it, I can do that, uh, but I'll be guided by you, Chair. Thank you. Okay, I, I, I don't know what happened to my own documents because I don't have the memo. I only have this one, the one that you just presented, but maybe you can add uh, by presenting it. Though, um, is it necessary, honorable members, that we... We, we, we deal with the memo. I, I don't think so. 
I think it came through very late. It came through very late last night. I think, Chair, the one that I saw came through very late last night. May I come? The in memo. No, 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 not to the presentations. Yes, yes, Jim. Uh, just, just to to alert uh, the honourable members that uh, it, the the memo in itself it was more to show uh, the honourable members that there is this work that we have started, but um, we we still even amongst ourselves are engaging. Uh, with with it, there comes a time where we then table it. Now it was just presented as proof of work in progress. Um, I, I think it would be too premature to to engage in it in detail, okay. um, and therefore presenting it um, may especially this being a, plat a public platform, may, may create problems in that by the time we then come with something um, concrete um, and it, 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 it doesn't talk to what the honorable members um, uh, would have commented to now, it, it may seem um, a bit challenging. Mine was to, it's more, it was more to say, this is how far we've come with the work, but we are still internally engaging and the processes that have been outlined in the presentation are going to follow so that um, the honorable members have the comfort to see that we are working on the draft bill. I, I thought I needed to just clarify that, Chair. Thank you very thank much. You, thank you, thank you. Thank you, TM. Thank you. You are assisting us, uh, honorable members. Let's let's interact with the presentation that has been given to us, um, taking the memo as for information because they are not yet there. Um, I will comment maybe after you, uh, honorable members. I have a challenge. Uh, I indicated. Okay, I can see the hand now. Offer. Uh, it's 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 honorable. Uh, it's Honorable Shabalala, Honorable Graham Mare, uh, in terms of the hands that I can see. I can see only those two hands. Oh, Honorable Hicklin, uh, also. Uh, then over to you, Honorable Members, Honorable Shabalala, Honorable Graham Mare, Honorable Hicklin. Those are the three hands that I can see. On my side. Uh, thank, thank you, Chairperson. Um, greetings to the DM, honorable members, and the officials. Um, and I wish to appreciate the, the briefing. I will not uh, want to get into the administrative uh, processes because those are not for us. In fact, it's, it's, it's very progressive when we see the bill itself because we are policymakers. Um, safe to say that, uh, Chairperson, I am 
Um, I, I think here we will, we will be prepared to navigate uh, against uh, some difficulties when it comes to the acquired or outsourced legal uh, uh, experts. Mm -hmm. uh, because right now we have been told that there was one that tried for the first time, second time, and it, it the the product was not uh, what the department was talking to. Uh, but I am not sure with the one that says when there was a there was a a a, a document that was sent to the uh, state law advisor and it was uh, punched uh, holes were punched into it. And uh, my question would be that who initially had had uh, appointed that service provider and for me maybe it's structural a uh, uh, challenge that you have someone that is not employed by the department who does not i'm not sure around accounting and and, and reporting if because i would imagine a situation where the the the, sec, the the institution that has appointed this person would be also be involved in uh, monitoring from the word A to Z, so that at least in the middle of the the the, the, the document being formulated, the same uh, a procurer will be aware of the shortcomings. But I, 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 I know that the department in that sense will find itself in a very a challenging situation. But I, I, would, I would suggest that Chairperson can, moving forward, can we have a program, programmatic um, a schedule of the timeframes, whatever that needs to come or whatever stages that is gonna be uh, reached at at what point can we have that so that we are not told that this delayed, but for us we are not sure delayed for what date was it for what time frame what, what, what was it? Uh, uh, I'm not sure about what I heard about Agrima SA, but maybe. Um, some of the members will also raise the, some questions around that. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Honorable Prime Mara. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, Chair, um, I think today's presentation was um, interesting, but I think it was devoid of a lot of information. Um, I feel kind of a bit robbed, I must be honest, because um, I don't think we've been we've been given any new information today with respect to progress on anything. Um, also, our agenda, as far as I recall, spoke to the CBE Act as well, which hasn't been covered at all in any way, shape or form in this presentation. So um, at some stage, I hope we will be getting a briefing on, on the updating of that act. Um, one of my big concerns is the socioeconomic impact analysis. Um, I think that that, if I look at the one that was done um, in preparation for the drafting of the expropriation bill, um, it was woefully inadequate. So I would like to find out who is responsible for the um, 
for the for the for the actual um, study, um, and also what the terms and conditions are of that study, um, and who eventually um, presents that. Because I know it gets signed off by the president at cabinet level, but we need to know that those socioeconomic impact studies are not just um, cut and paste um, studies like the last one was for the expropriation bill. Even the parliamentary legal advisor raised raised the um, that socioeconomic impact assessment. So, um, you know, if you're going to do one, it has to deal with economy um, and not just, um, you know, sort of people's um, opinions on how things are going to happen. So I hope that that's going to be properly done um, in light of, of the importance of the CRDB bill um, as well as, um, I think it was it was on the CRDB bill. Sorry, I just want to check quickly. Yeah, it's on the CRDB bill. I mean, the CRDB bill is is absolutely imperative. I mean, CRDB is is responsible for. It's the main vehicle for transformation within the construction sector. And if we're not if we're not looking at the impact that this bill is going to have, and we're not formulating policy and legislation around what we're trying to achieve, then there's there's no point in even undertaking that. So. Um, I think I think we need to listen to what the Office of the Chief Law State Advisor has to say, um, because I do believe believe that they have um, an important input to make. Um, my my greatest concern here is um, having read through the memo from Advocate Naidu. Um, it appears to me that there seems to be some sort of resistance or hesitancy in drafting this public works bill. There seems to be resistance to um, giving the department um, this em empowering provision that will give it um, force and effect in the industry. The 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 sort of uh, my interpretation of what I read last night was that they're saying, well, you know, the minister can set up this committee and it's with all the phases, the, the spheres of government and everybody can, you know, have a lack of chat and it could be a nice big committee and whatever. But a committee cannot replace legislation. Legislation gives the, the minister and the people in that committee um, the power to do what is required. So I feel that there seems to be some sort of reticence in moving forward on this bill. I think it is absolutely imperative that public works be empowered to go forward because we need to be addressing issues around compliance. We need to be addressing issues around um, enforcement mechanisms, and that cannot be done without enabling legislation. So I think I, I, I just feel like everybody's dragging their feet on this. We've been speaking about this from 2019. We are on Sunday. It was three years since we were sworn into parliament, and we've made zero progression on the public works bill that we've been talking about since we started. So um, I'm very, very concerned that that there seems to be this sort of hesitancy and, and reticence. So I'd like to know whether or not we can just request that that there's more impetus given to this um, going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Chair. Yes, I I had the same concerns as Honourable Grand Marie because we were going to also be discussing the CBE Act and that wasn't in it either. And much like um, Honourable Grand Marie, I, I I noted the the comment on the fact that the role of the policy research and regulation branch. And I go back to one of the statements that I made. Um, in our discussions on the CBE and again in my budget speech that I made yesterday, when I spoke about Program 5's 
public protection policy and legislation that had a, a massive approved budget that was spent and yet there were no financial, there was no compliance reports that had been done between 2018 and 2021 that I found quite um, concerning because there were no compliance reports that had been done in a three-year period regarding legislation and policies. Um, and this raises red flags to me because this talks directly to exactly what we're talking about now, that there are no policies that have been developed. And this is exactly what we're talking about. There, there are no programs. There has been no development. And it really is a worry for me because this is exactly what we are fighting and this is exactly what we need to do in order to work towards transforming the areas within the DPWI. Um, I, I am really concerned that we are we are big on words and scant on delivery and scant on attention to detail. Um, I am no wiser than I was before I got this presentation on how much further we are towards getting a public works bill. And as my colleague said, we really are three years down the line and we are no further towards any solutions. So there is much that has to be done and I look forward to progress. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Samantha, sorry, Honorable Krambare. Yeah, call me Honorable Samantha. Before I got married, my surname was Yankovic Bershon and there was nobody who could ever say my surname, so I was always Councillor Samantha. So... I don't mind being called Honourable Samantha as well. Um, Chairperson, thank you for giving me another opportunity. I just wanted to ask, um, with respect to the socioeconomic impact assessments um, or studies, um, the, the, the one with the expropriation bill had to be pired before it was released. Um, and I think that that's unacceptable. And I would like to request that that SEIAS report gets provided at the same time to us as any draft legislation so that we can we can determine that that has been done and it has been and it has fulfilled the requirements of one of those um, assessments. So please could could we request that that forms part of the documentation that we are provided as the portfolio committee? Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, honourable members, um, Dan and and your team. One, um, I I read the the slides that you have sent to us. In fact, I only got the, the memo just now. Now, 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 as I'm sitting here. I, I read the, the slides. Uh, I read them again. Because there was something that I was looking for and I couldn't find it. Um, it's, it's really so disappointing. I don't want to lie to you. It's really so disappointing because several times in our meetings, when we have asked why is this not done, you said that there is no act that guides you to enforce these rules. And that is why we have always been saying as this portfolio committee, please ensure that these bills it comes in because it's one thing when we are doing our own oversight 
you would refer. We can't demand money from client departments because there is no act that enforces this. There is no act. And then you, we found out there are these two white papers. And we rejected when you were saying to us, there is a third white paper and we'll never move forward. I'm really, really disappointed. Because the reality is that there is nothing that you are bringing up. That's why I read that document so many times. I was looking at something that, because at least last time you had timelines. You just even don't even have timelines now. I'm disappointed, TM, seriously. I don't know whether it is, it is I, I have not read the, the, this note from um, Advocate Nigel. I don't know whether there is no, um, you don't have an appetite to do this or you like the status quo, which when we are asking questions, you always refer to the lack of this act. I am really, really disappointed. Even on the CIBT Act, I am also frustrated because when we came in, we find out the issue of transformation, it lies in that act. That was raised several times by those that are, are in the built environment council. And, and we said that this must be fast tracked. And today we are told they are still on the pipeline. In fact, to me, there's nothing that you presented today. To me, there is really nothing that you presented today. If maybe I had read the notes from who advocate I do, maybe I would say, okay, there is something that is being done. I have not read them. Remember, DM and DG and that this department is crucial. We were saying that yesterday because it's a, it's a department that works with provincial departments, that works with municipalities. And the worst part is that it also is part of the spatial development. So how then, if you don't have an act going to ensure that a clear coordination, a clear integration is done when you work with other spheres of government? I'm to lie. I don't have any questions. It's just a comment that I'm disappointed. I am not happy because all this information that you are telling, and what is worse is that we postponed a meeting that was supposed mm -hmm. to sit on the 31st of March this year because of the expropriation act. You were supposed to come and brief us on the 31st of March. And now it's as if we have taken you off guard when we were expecting this report on the 31st of March. I am not happy, GM. I don't want to lie. I am not happy. And I hope that the minister gets that clearly, that we are not happy. In fact, you have heard the comments. We are not happy. This act is very crucial for this department to work optimally. This work is very crucial for this department to exert its power to its client departments that it is working with. This act is also very crucial 
for the coordination of this department when it works with the provinces and the municipalities. I am not happy. If, if there are any uh, questions that have been raised by honorable members, DM and your team, you may then respond. Uh, thank you, thank you, honorable chairperson. I will, let, let me appreciate the, the comments from, from and, and questions from the honorable members and, and indicate um, that um, we we take note of 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 the 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 the, the, the level of unhappiness uh, that the, the honorable members are sharing with with us and we i would want to say as as the ministry we probably are in the same boat uh, with the honorable members but the the good thing is that at times what we fight about in the department when it is expressed in meetings of this nature it does help us uh, in in driving um, the, the 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 programs and ensuring that administration also um, looks at these matters as not just matters to be done but i must i must indicate that we never really let, uh, put our foot off uh, the pedal on the public works bill it would be that um, at, at times things that you would have wanted to do uh, yesterday the processes involved uh, make the the kind of progress you would want to register at times uh, to be a bit uh, not realizable. Um, but we do uh, want to indicate that th this, especially the public works bill, um, is, is what frustrates us. You are correct in saying so, uh, Honorable Chairperson. We are the ones who said it uh, up front. Uh, that it it does limit the the, the 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 ability of the department to do what it is expected of at times. Um, but I would want to first on on the other um, issues that the honourable members have raised. I would want to give to the DG and um, the acting uh, DDG, um, to the acting DG, um, Dade Muemi, and the acting DDG, uh, Dade Mwasa, to, to kind of respond and I will round off, um, but I do want to share um, the, the honorable members' concerns. Uh, over to you, acting DG. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. And uh, thanks uh, to the Chair and uh, the Honorable Members uh, for their questions as well as their comments and uh, assertions that have been made in as far as this. 
I think um, DM and uh, Chair, at the outset, uh, we are the first ones to acknowledge and to admit that uh, the bill has been inordinately delayed. And uh, we had, uh, over the last two months, uh, sought to bring the matter to finality and to have a bill that is ready to be tabled uh, ultimately before Parliament. And I think that there has been a concerted effort, not just on the part of the administration and the department ourselves in engaging with uh, the appointed council. When it became clear that the delay was on the appointment of a council to assist with the drafting process and in getting it done, work immediately began to narrow uh, those challenges and to resolve them with uh, the state law advisors and the state attorney's office. And once we were able to go through that line, the arduous uh, task of uh, having to draft began. And I must say that uh, the ministry had championed uh, this course uh, with the minister availing herself uh, as and when it was opportune and to ensure that uh, the council is briefed adequately and that the council is able to go through this. And we only began realizing significant progress once the memorandum of the bill was actually almost uh, the emergence of consensus around that. So, so while we acknowledge that uh, indeed it has inordinately delayed and that there is a, a need to fast track this, uh, we, we are also aware uh, of the fact that we have over uh, the last few weeks made uh, significant uh, progress on this and that we will want to maintain that momentum, uh, Chair. We, we note uh, with regret the disappointment and the, uh, that numbers are perturbed by the idea that we have uh, taken this long and it doesn't appear that there is an end in sight. Uh, and that it appears we are kicking the can uh, down the road, but we are we are also not oblivious to the the availability of time on the part of the drafter as well as the work that is being done, and the consultations intra department that have got to happen, and also the requisite because this bill, as you are aware, will have far-reaching. Uh, uh, losses uh, that would also have impact on provinces and the consultative process uh, is quite protracted and one, one must uh, acknowledge the complexity of the bill of this nature uh, and what it seeks to do and in resolving serious structural challenges that uh, have beset the sector for quite a, a significant period of time and also the impact this would have in future on the powers and the ability of the department to function quite cohesively. It is for those reasons really, and without necessarily negating at all and in full appreciation of the comments of the chair representing the views of the committee and the express of utter disappointment in this regard, that we can only chair but recommit ourselves uh, and with the newfound uh, spirit to fast track the implementation of the bill, that perhaps we, we need to make a commitment to the committee that uh, on behalf of the minister and deputy minister, that 
within a week we should be able to provide the committee with a timetable uh, on when we would complete which uh, step we have to undertake as my colleague Mr Mahasa outlined at the end the steps and processes we still have got to uh, to go through and I think that what we should do uh, to give the committee the necessary comfort and uh, the ability to track and to uh, play effective oversight uh, is to attach uh, key deliverable dates on each and every one of the requisite uh, steps in the process of uh, this bill uh, towards bringing it uh, ultimately to due consideration. Even more importantly, uh, some of the shortcomings that uh, the members of the committee points out to are what we should uh, actually take to heart and what we should actually consider in our process as where we are, that even before we, we formally table the bill before the committee that uh, those matters are factored in and that they are duly considered and that by the time we do come, we, we have the benefit obviously uh, in advance uh, of the thorough inputs that have been made by members and in comments and to also incorporate some of the concerns that have been raised in previous meetings uh, as it relates to the weaknesses that may have been identified systematically that the bill uh, should address and should seek to, to put to the fore. So with that, I can then uh, request uh, my colleague Mulatello to uh, answer some of the questions that have been posed by members. Thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you, thank you, um, Acting DG, and uh, thanks, uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members, and, and DM for, for the comments. Um, I, I note that there's not an, a lot of questions, honestly. There, there are not a lot of comments, um, uh, save to, uh, or save for the, 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 the disappointment, indeed, that has been expressed by the chairperson. And I don't want to repeat what the acting DG has already um, indicated. He has guided in terms of what will flow from here. And he has also articulated some of the challenges that we are having. And you would recall that in my, my I think the first or second slides, uh, when I was um, talking about the, the policy processes, I did indicate that at times delays are on those, uh, those elements um, when you do consultations and so forth. But um, um, honestly speaking, you are correct, uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson. This, this, this has been very long. And indeed, we will ensure that we provide that. Uh, maybe just going to the questions, uh, specific questions. There was a question from Honorable Shabalala. Uh, I do need to indicate that I've got colleagues um, they, that are accompanying me from policy, and as well as we also have colleagues from uh, legal services. So if there are any technical responses that they can provide uh, through you, Chair, maybe they can also do that. Uh, on the, the first issue of uh, Honorable Chabalala, I think you were, you were quite correct in terms of sometimes the processes of appointment of legislative drafter um, are a bit uh, um, you know, intricate in the sense that I, I actually always, I, I made this observation, I, I, may, I, I need to say this, um, that um, you know, unlike when you go out and you procure a legal drafter, we, we follow a process of engaging the state attorney. 
and they undertake the process. And then they would then um, appoint a legal drafter. We then sit with the legal drafter and then we tell them our terms of reference and the scope of work that they must, uh, they must undertake. And um, we then obviously meet with them on a periodical basis to check that the quality of work that they are producing is what is required in terms of our deliverable. And it is very clear that my colleagues, as they were engaging during those periods uh, last financial year, the first quarter of last financial year and the second quarter, they became, became very worried with the quality of work. And, and hence, uh, there was a decision because what you then realize is that if you indicated in, in this financial year that we will be able to provide this bill, um, and then there's a problem in your first quarter, it's a, it has that ripple effect. Whatever that you said you'll achieve in the first quarter, it has to go to the second quarter. If you don't achieve it in the second quarter, it's that ripple effect until the end of the financial year. And this is exactly what, what I've come to realize when I joined policy, that this was the, 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 the case. Um, um, however, there are processes, I think legal services will be in a better position uh, to articulate on issues of the appointment of service, um, I mean, legal legislative drafters, and, and how do we deal with instances like this, except where, you know, the, the, the normal process of engaging any service provider and, and looking at the project, because you have a project manager that must uh, ensure that the work is carried out in, in line with the terms of reference and the scope of work. The, there was another question from Honorable Graham. Um, uh, in regarding no articulation of the CBE, uh, I was trying to look at the, 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 the subject and the requirement. I did not pick up anything on the CBE. However, um, on the CBE, uh, as I indicated on the legislative framework that we don't even have the CBE there, there is still an internal discussion around the CBE Act and the, the Professional Councils Act because I think you would understand that the CBE is the mother body of the six professional councils, build environment professional councils. So there is a need to look at um, amendment of the CBE Act and all the six, uh, six build environment um, uh, councils. Now in that regard, there are still engagements uh, because there were proposals that were put forward. We are engaging on them. One of them was to have CBE maybe as a super council something similar to your health profession. Um, but, 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 they, but there are discussions internally with, with the minister in terms of that. So we, we regret that we could not give a much detail on the CBE. Perhaps we, we, we uh, because it was not articulated on the subject, we understood that perhaps it's not so much of a requirement for now. We'll definitely give some, some aspects about it next time. Uh, on the issue of the CS, um, uh, you are correct, uh, Honorable uh, Graham. Um, I, I, I actually, maybe my colleagues uh, uh, that are dealing with the, these technical issues can respond on why the CS was paid, as you indicated. Um, because for me, this is a document uh, where presidency says, I'm happy with the content. You have been able to articulate and respond to particular questions around policy development. 
Uh, you have been able to articulate on the risks, on the costs, on the benefits, and um, you know the, the, the clients that you're going to serve, the social um, issues of the country, and the people that this act will impact, the impact of the policy itself, and those were articulated. And, and I thought that a document such as that should not be embargoed, especially to the members of the portfolio committee. So we will look into that and, and surely we can avail from where I'm sitting, it, it should be availed, uh, the CS for the CIDB. Um, but uh, in terms of who is responsible for producing or developing the CS, um, it is the, um, the, the policy practitioners. Uh, because as I indicated that we do we do research, we analyze information, we synthesize the information after consultation with the internal and external stakeholders, and then we put together a document. And in this case, just to give an example, if you look at the CIDB, CIDB are the regulators of the, the construction industry. So this would be the very first people that are affected by that act. Where surely I'm not dismissing the fact that the others, the public and contractors and so forth, are also affected by the act. But you do get those inputs. And uh, in a forum, um, uh, it's called National Stakeholder Forum of the CIDB, you would get all those inputs from different um, um, you know, forums or fora, like your built environment who are participa participating in the National Stakeholder Forum, contractors. Imagine contractors, you'll also hear issues coming from the, the CIDB, departments that are supposed to roll out infrastructure and construction projects. And then we take all those things together. They are being synthesized. And then, and then we put together a document, which is then sent to the presidency. Then they ask those particular questions. Um, if you have picked up that the, the, the development of this CS is very weak, uh, perhaps... Um, um, we, we could share that with yourselves, and, and I don't know if there would be any input from the um, from the portfolio committee before we even submit to the portfolio committee. But in terms of process, those are done by the department. <clears throat> um, the last one for myself was um, the, the resistance. I think um, the, the um, a, a Honorable Graham indicated that there seems to be resistance. I, I, from where I'm sitting, honestly, it's not really resistance. There is no resistance. I think the message has been um, knocked in our, in our head so many times. And uh, as I indicated that we are bending over backwards to ensure that this time around, we ensure that the appointed council is able to give us um, uh, something that articulates um, what we require in the public works um, bill. I do need to indicate, um, as you would read that memo, that um, one of the responsibilities of the legislative drafters is obviously they, they, they compare with other countries, they look at other case law, they look at legislation and so forth. And they would come back and say, but uh, just to give an example, if you are talking about conferring powers to the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure, and that power is already with the provincial, um, yeah, uh, let's say the MEC of public works. You cannot take the power from the MEC of public works if such power has been conferred in terms of the constitution of South Africa. Um, and, and therefore we need to look at how we deal with those aspects. 
That's why there is some aspect in the memo where he talks about the intergovernmental um, intergovernmental forums. And these are forums that are currently taking place where the minister is the chairperson of the, uh, uh, the MINMEC. And MINMEC, in the MINMEC, you have the minister, which is national, you also have the provincial MECs, but we also have a person representing local government, which is from Salga and Cocta, participating in those. But they, obviously there is a need to expand it so that you can even have uh, municipalities, M- M- MMs may be represented in this. So those are some of the things that we are looking into so that we are not accused of usurping the powers that are conferred in terms of the constitution to a local sphere or a provincial sphere. Those are some of the questions that are coming as we engage the council, and it makes it a bit difficult. And the, the second one, maybe just to give an example, is the EPWP. If you look at the EPWP, there will always be a question, do you really need an act for EPWP? Or is the policy sufficient enough? Because there are certain things that can be driven through policy. They don't need legislation. And then we need to really you know, articulate and, and provide more um, information to the council. So he is really uh, you know, putting us to serious test because as he indicated in the last engagement we had with him, he said that I don't want to do the bill for the sake of just doing the bill. It must really make sense and it must answer those pertinent questions. And, uh, and I think, Chairperson, you have indicated that those things have been raised and we are really engaging on that one. The last one um, is, is the timeline. Okay, I've, I think the DJ has dealt with the t- timelines. Um, yeah, I think I've covered the CIDB. Yeah, on the CIDB, uh, that, that this would be my last comment on the CIDB. As I indicated, this was a requirement in the in the previous uh, financial year, and um, um, there were some challenges there. Um, that's why in this first quarter, as I indicated, it's one of the targets in our APP to have the CIDB gazetted, and we are, uh, you know, uh, doing everything we can to ensure that that does happen. Now, engagement with the chief state law advisor, as I indicated that he's indicating a number of things, they're not necessarily that major to a point where we'll need to re, um, you know, change or amend the, um, the, uh, let me say, substantive amendments that require us to actually go and substantially uh, amend the the, the CIDB Act. It's just, uh, you know, certain things around the drafting, and then the definitions, changing of those things, and why do we have, for instance, um, um, why, why? In fact, there's no rationale for for the board. Uh, there's one of the things that we have put there in the amendment is actually to regulate the appointment of board because in the existing act, it's not very clear in terms of the appointment of the board as well as the appointment of the CEO, the process to appoint the CEO. The endorsement by the minister and cabinet, we have also included those um, as some of the things in the act. So he's asking those questions. For instance, why would you want the CEO to be appointed by the minister or even go to the extent of going to cabinet when this is a responsibility of the board? They have a fiduciary duty to ensure that there's a CEO. They are also regulated in terms of the kings for, you know, those particular issues. So we are trying to respond to that. In, on Monday, we will unpack those few issues from the state law advisor, but I'm quite certain 
that we will meet our target for this quarter. Uh, but it is really regrettable, Chairperson, and we will really do all we can in terms of the public works bill. We are working very closely with Advocate Naidu, and as you know, him is very particular. So we hope that we will, um, you know, deliver this um, uh, before the end of this financial year. Uh, thank you, thank you, DJ. Um, I, I think, uh, Honorable Chairperson, <laughs> I, I think that Honorable Chairperson, we've tried to uh, respond to both the comments as well as the, the questions to, to the best uh, of our abilities. And once more, let us uh, let us indicate that uh, it, it, the, the, the public works bill in particular. Um, I, I, I remember quite well that we started raising the, the issue of, this, the, of the need for this act uh, when we were also dealing with the expropriation. And the expropriation now is at its tail end, and we're still battling with the drafting of the public works bill. And that's the extent of, of the delay. Uh, but as I, I have indicated, this is both our concern and um, as, as, as the ministry, and, and now I think the message has also gone through both the drafter as well as uh, the, the senior administrators. We will work tirelessly to ensure that we register much progress. Um, and we will ensure that uh, we do provide the committee with the timelines uh, or a program, a program that reflects uh, milestones uh, as well as uh, timelines. Um, but I, I do want to say, Chair, in as much as we accept uh, that fact uh, that we've delayed on this one, uh, on the other ones, they're they truly running their course uh, in terms of the CIDB uh, uh, amendments. Uh, they will come to the committee at, at the appropriate time. But we will also try and ensure that we, 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 we implore on the state law advisors to um, <coughs> finalize the process. Uh, those would have been my comments. Um, back to you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Tian. Thank you, DJ. Thank you, Mr. Mohasa, um, for the response. Uh, I think one thing that we will do as the portfolio committee is to hope. There's nothing that we can do. We just we will hope that uh, before the end of this term, we will have public works bill. 
Thank you. Um, Ms. Martinese, if you're still around, can we then? Uh, can you please fly to the issue of the minutes? Sorry, Chair. Yes. I apologize for interrupting. I don't know if you saw my question in the chat box. I, I, I thought Mr. Mwasa read to the chat box and responded. Okay. I just wanted to get clarity. So if we can just get that in writing, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Can we can we then get the minutes? Uh, Ms. Martinese, is she in? I know that she said that she will have to go and do that. Yes, yes, I'm in chair. Um, I'm just okay. trying to open the folder of the minutes now because I've just okay. got everything open in front of me. Please bear with me, Chairperson. Okay. My... All right, Chair, we start with the minutes of the meeting that was held on the 3rd of May, where the department was briefing the committee about its um, APPs and, um, and that of the PMTE. Okay, that's the attendance register. We had quite a contingent as well from the department, Chair. Um, Chairperson, I'd like to zoom into any resolutions if there were. No, there were no resolutions for that meeting. So it was basically the department's presentation on its APPs in preparation with the budget votes. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Nella. Uh, honorable members, uh, any corrections on these minutes? I think we did receive them in time. any mover that we adopt them as their true reflection of what happened on the 3rd of May? If someone can just speak, I have... Can I move, Chair? Shabalala. Yes. Thank you, Honorable Shabalala. Can I get a seconder? Chair, I second. Thank you, Honorable Franz Galvik. The second I set of minutes... Galvik. Yes. The second set of minutes, uh, Ms. Martinez. Thank you, Chair. The second set of minutes is the minutes of the meeting that was held on the 4th of May, where the uh, uh, Portfolio Committee received a briefing from the department and entities on their strat and annual um, and annual plans. So uh, the third, the fourth, and I think the, the eighth were basically dealing with the APP's chairperson. Um, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Martinez. Can we then get a mover for these minutes or corrections if there are any corrections? Honorable members, I have a challenge of seeing hands. If someone can just speak. Shabalala here. Can I move, Chair? Thank you, Honorable Shabalala. Moving forward, that we adopt the minutes. Can I get a seconder, please? Our second, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hicklin. Uh, 6th of May. The report.
yes, it was the adoption of the budget vote report. And uh, the committee also adopted a couple of sets of minutes f- during that same meeting. Thanks, Chair. Can I, I, propose, I propose adoption, Chair? Thank you, Honorable Graham Mare. And second, Okay, thank you, Honorable Fanskalvi. Uh, any other set, uh, Ms. Martinez? Yes, Chair, it's the minutes of the 11th. I'm trying to beam them up now. Yes, the minutes of the 11th of May. Where, where the parliamentary legal advisor and state law advisor were meant to brief the committee on the A-list of the expropriation bill. But it turned out that because um, the members didn't receive the, the presentation on time, so that meeting had to be cancelled. So the committee took a resolution to postpone the meeting to a later date so that members could fully engage with the document. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Martinez, Honorable Fans Thank you, Honorable Fans uh, Can you get a second, please? Thank you, Honorable Shabalala. Um, we then have a second. I think that was the last set, Ms. Martinez. We've got one more chair, 18th of May, where the um, portfolio committee received a briefing from the department on governance issues pertaining to the entity's board. Okay, 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 okay. Can you then see them? And that should be all, Chair. I, I, I think, I think we we resolved that um, we will have. Uh, another meeting, maybe in the next quarter, the one that is starting in July, uh, in which we will be dealing with CPE. I, I think I, I did when, when I was uh, rounding off. We resolved that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 I will share the 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 report as sent to me by the minister uh, with all the members. Uh, I was mail from Honourable Hicklin, but as you know, Honourable Hicklin, we're all busy preparing for the debate here of yesterday. You will definitely get the 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 report uh, on the. On DC, uh, but we will schedule definitely with CPE uh, in the next quarter. Can we then get a mover for those uh, for that report, honourable members? Sorry, chair, I didn't hear what you said. Um, the signal cut out uh, when you said something yeah. about you will share the report. Which report are you report referring to? With, with all the members, remember the report that you requested. I requested the SACAP report. Yes, I'm saying I will share. I was busy preparing for the budget vote, so I could concentrate on that one. You will get it before the end of this week. All the members. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chair. 
Can we can we then uh, get a mover for the minutes, honourable members? Even my my network is. Chairperson, I'm happy to I'm happy to propose. And I'm happy to second. Thank you, honourable uh, Graham Murray, and uh, second, honourable Hickley. Any announcements, Ms. Martinez? Nothing from my side, Chair, except for the fact that we're having another meeting next week on Wednesday at the same time. Thank you. Our meetings on Wednesday, they said at 9 or 10. 9. Okay, thank you. Uh, honorable members, uh, let me again, uh, I don't know whether the DM is still in the meeting. Um, let me again appreciate the way you debate and engage in all the issues that we are discussing as this portfolio committee. Also appreciate the way that we, we dealt with our budget vote yesterday as this uh, portfolio committee uh, all represented by females. Of course, uh, um, it was really uh, good and um, inspiring, uh, no heckling, no what. Uh, really, this portfolio committee is, is, is so, it's so good and, and it supports each other. But DM, uh, I hope you have uh, noted uh, the strong words that we have shared with you in connection with, with the bill. Uh, we, we want to play our oversight. We also doing that to assist even the department so that it, all, it can also play its role. It's not that we petty, but also the department can play its role, as you have indicated. Uh, in many a times. Thank you, honorable members. Hoping that you enjoy your Africa Day. And as we close, I want to read from the AU just one paragraph, uh, honorable members, uh, until, um, yeah from the AU anthem. Uh, if I will share with, with you just one paragraph, let us all unite and sing together to uphold the bones that frame our destiny. Let us dedicate ourselves to fight together for lasting peace and justice on earth. It's on our AU anthem. It is very crucial and it is important that whatever that we do, we fight together for the lasting peace and justice on earth. I am saying this, honorable members, because today we all know that in Tata, there is a march in which all political parties, all leaders of society, all civic organization are demanding justice for Nam Thamato, who is alleged to have been killed by her boyfriend who had abused her several times during the time that she was alive. So it is crucial that we unite when we fight for a lasting peace on earth. Thank you, honorable members. The meeting is adjourned. Long live the chair. Thank you, chair. Thank you, chairperson. Recording stopped.